Welcome to Extraordinary Retirement with Nate Yeomans and Greg Indovina from Design Wealth. In this podcast, we challenge people to rethink the traditional retirement paradigm and explore what a truly extraordinary retirement could be. Join us for this journey where we explore the roadmap to retirement freedom as Nate and Greg draw from years of financial planning experience and knowledgeable guests to help people live the retirement of their dreams with zero regrets. Hello and welcome to the Extraordinary Retirement Podcast with your hosts, Greg and Novena and Nate Yeomans. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi guys, how are we doing today? Fantastic. Doing Good well. to talk to you, Wendy. Good to see um, you. As always, are you guys in the frozen tundra too? We're it's, kind of coming out of it. It's getting it's a thawing lot a bit. Yeah. Good. Beautiful day out there, but it's been brutal. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of like, kind of like it's been brutal for Eagles fans. Oh, you know, you had to go there. He has to go there, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, Nate, how are you? I'm going to speak mostly to you today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing fantastic. But Greg, since you brought it up, how are the Steelers doing? Uh, golfing is what they're doing. <laughs> all right. All right. And, and, and looking for an offensive coordinator, but that's yeah. <laughs> the, the trash talking. Um, how, how am I going to have an extraordinary retirement when the Steelers are just, are just stuck in the middle constantly? Well, you're going to have to buy them and make some changes. Yeah. Maybe I have to change teams. All right. All right. So what are we talking about today, guy? Ooh. The great income challenge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So retirement is about all about taking income. Uh, but what's one of the greatest risks that you're going to see when it comes time to where for the first time ever, if you think about it, you're asking your money to do something different for you for the first time ever, it's now got to pay you, you know, right. all your life, you spend time putting money in and investing money and, and doing that on a regular basis. But for the first time ever, you're going to now ask your money to send you paychecks. That's the whole goal. That's why you saved it. And we want you to do that. But what's one of the greatest risks that now gets introduced into your financial plan that you've never experienced before? So we're going to unpack that today so that you not only understand what that risk is, but how do you mitigate that? Because there are mm -hmm. some very practical ways to get that done. Right, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not just practical, but proven and scientific and mathematical, not just opinions, which everyone has one. Well, let's so, hold this in suspense. What is the biggest risk? Come on, guys, tell us. Well, well, let's lay gonna, the foundation first, yeah. Nate. Let's start with <laughs> you. You now retire, and hopefully, uh, you've you've built some sort of reliable income base. Uh, whether it's you know Social Security, maybe it's a a public or a private pension, annuity income, rental income, uh, part time job, bond ladder, all these kinds of things. And those are designed to cover your basic expenses, the things that keep the lights on and keep your belly full and a roof over your head. But then you have a typically an investment portfolio that's designed for all of your discretionary expenses, all the fun stuff. And that's the money that needs to be pooled for, for those particular expenses. And that's when it gets interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we just set the stage with a little story? Yep. I think the best way to do this is we're going to tell you a story about a tale of two families. Okay. Here's what is important for everybody to know. And you're going to hear me tell, say this multiple times. Everything with these two families is identical, except for one thing that I'm going to share with you. Okay. So we're going to have the Smith family and the Jones family. 
Smith family and Jones family, they both have saved $1 million for retirement. They both need the exact same amount of income from that portfolio as well. $50,000. So they need $50,000 a year from the million dollars they saved. Okay. Now this is over and above social security, all of those foundational things that Greg just talked about. Okay. They have the exact same investment portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. One of these families passed away later in life, then left millions of dollars to their heirs. The other ended up being dead broke by their early to mid eighties. How in the world is that possible? Well, it's a trick question, Nate. Come on. I'm hoping somebody's going to tell me and not expect me to answer. Well, there is one thing that's different. Yeah. Their so financial situation there. is exactly the same. The difference is they retired a few years apart. So the only difference is the year in which they decided to retire. Okay, every all the other components, age, amount of money they saved, the investment portfolio, the amount of income they needed was the exact same. The only difference was the year in which they retired. So, Greg, why don't you unpack that a little bit for us of what exactly happened and why was one family, you know, able to leave millions of dollars to their heirs and the other ended up being dead broke and they didn't yeah, you retire would think that, that far apart. You would think that two people that have the exact same portfolio are going to have the exact same rates of return. And that's, that's actually true. The variable that makes a difference here is that one retired in a positive stock market and one retired in a not so great stock market. Um, the, the family that, that retired a few years earlier had a few negative stock market return years as they were taking their $50,000 distribution. The other family started taking their $50,000 distribution after that bear market and had five or 10 good years with their portfolio uh, taking that $50,000. So, so what happened with- down real simple, yeah. one got off to a good start, one got off to a bad start. So it's yeah. not From about of... retiring early, so to speak. It's about the no. market. It's about the- it's it's not about the overall rate of return over the retirement period because in this case they're both the same the the difference is that if you're taking losses in your portfolio early in your retirement when you're taking distributions you're increasing that drawdown or that loss in your portfolio not just the 50,000 but also the losses in the portfolio yeah so if we used an example let's say you you had the million dollars and in year one, the mark, your portfolio went down by 20%. Okay. And you took 5% year, and you took 5% because you're taking you, 50,000. Right. So you took 5% as well. And so what happened there is, is not only did your portfolio go down by $200,000, so you're down to 800,000, but you took 50,000 out on top of it. Okay. The very next year, if you need to take that same amount of income, you still need $50,000. Is that a 5% withdrawal rate anymore? No, it's 50,000 on 750,000, which is a much higher withdrawal rate than 50,000 on the original million. In and so contrast, that increased that increased distribution rate just because the portfolio went down, you're not taking more money, but the percentage is now bigger causes you to spiral out of control. 
we know that a portfolio can't really withstand those kinds of rates of return rates of withdrawal. And so that that's the family that got off to a bad start in terms of getting bad investment returns early in retirement when they're taking distributions, they never recover and then they spiral out of control and lose money. Whereas if year one, you take out 5% and your portfolio is up 10%, then the next year you're taking a smaller percentage with your 50,000. You're actually taking less than 5% and the portfolio has a much higher probability of surviving. I'm guessing you guys are going to tell me how to figure this all out because, you know, we don't know that. And when I, you know, like most people turn 65, I don't care what the market's doing. I want to retire. Yeah, that's right. And do you have any control, Wendy, of from the day you decide I'm going to retire? Do you have any control on what the markets decide they want to do after you retire? Uh, no, <laughs> you don't. You don't. Right. Nobody does. Right. Because we don't have that crystal ball. And so at the end of the day, what we're describing to the, the audience is what we call the sequence of returns risk. It's it's not the average rate of return that you get after you retire and you start pulling money out. It's the sequence in which you get those returns. And so if you get off to a bad start, it creates a ripple effect throughout your retirement plan that sometimes can be incredibly hard to recover from. And so what are some of the things that we can do in a financial plan to say, how do we make sure that we get off to a good start? You know, okay, what are what are things that we can do to if we did get off to a bad start for whatever reason, try to get ourselves back on track? OK, and so before we kind of dive into that, I think we need to understand one of the challenges that that this family, uh, these families kind of embarked on was what we call the the four percent rule. In their case, it was five percent, but there is something called the four percent rule. Uh, and that was really what is deemed to be a, a relatively safe withdrawal rate from your portfolio uh, that should be able to, uh, you should be able to take out on an annual basis and your money should be able to last the rest of your life. Okay. Uh, and so this is, uh, you know, a, a concept that exists in financial planning. It's a rule that still applies today and for some uh, can work really, really well. But the challenge becomes is, is that if you just stick with a 4% rule or in the scenario we showed 5% in the, in a situation where if your portfolio goes down because the market is down and you only take your certain percentage, you just took a pay cut, didn't you? What if you don't want to take a pay cut? Right. Right. What if you want to be able to continue to keep up with inflation uh, and make sure that you have enough money uh, and to where eventually over time, your, your income is going to grow because if we take pay cuts, then you're going to have less to enjoy, especially in those earlier years of retirement. Right. Yeah, so there's, two, there, we're, 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 there's two challenges here. Just clarify. In the example that we gave you, they, they weren't taking a 5% distribution. They were taking a constant 50,000. And now what we're talking about is instead of taking a constant 50,000, Whereas when the portfolio goes up and down, the actual distribution rate changes. If you start at 4% and you keep it at 4%, now you have a different problem. The first problem was you ran out of money. This problem, you start with a 4%, the portfolio goes down, your 4% is now paying you less and your lifestyle goes down. So whether you take a fixed dollar amount, as in the case of the tale of the two families, or you take a fixed percentage, it's a challenge in either in either direction. 
either situation is a challenge. One, one, you run out of money really quick. The second one, the 4% rule, you could potentially run out of lifestyle. I keep waiting for you guys to to tell me what we can do to make this better. <laughs> we got 17 minutes to solve the problem for you. Yeah. So you are drawing it out and making me very we nervous. Are. We are. We are. <laughs> well, let's let's unpack that a little bit. So we can uh talk about some of the things. When you don't have any control of what's going to happen in the stock market after the day you retire, uh, there are some things that you can do to set yourself up for success. So if we know that you know, one of the greatest risks is going to be getting off to a bad start. And let's just use the first three years of example, uh, for example. Okay. And so you can position yourself to, uh, do utilize different approaches. And one of those approaches would be something we call time segmentation. Uh, time segmentation would be is, is what if you essentially took your investments and you, segmented them out for different stages of life in retirement. So for example, the first three years, if you knew, okay, here's how much income I need in the first three years. And one of the greatest risks that, that, that you now know is, is getting off to a bad in the first start into the first three years. Do you want to take a lot of risk with the money you need in the first three years? You don't, you'd want that to be safe money, something that is very, very liquid safe that you know that you can count on. And so that while you're needing to take that income and you're wanting to keep up with inflation, if the markets go down in that period of time, you're not selling investments and compounding those losses because you've already segmented out that money to be safe for you. And, you're giving you have them a, a, and they're giving them the time to recover. Yeah. So then you've got money that maybe is years four through eight, as an example. Okay. You don't need that money for starting for four years. You think you can get maybe a, a, a little bit better rate of return, especially today with interest rates being a little bit higher. Maybe we can get that money working for us a little bit more, but we still don't want to take too much risk. But again, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for success because now all of a sudden for money that you need for the first three years, for the first eight years are more conservative. Uh, and then after that, do we have a little bit more flexibility to try to get a little bit more growth? Okay. Money that you might need for eight to 12 years or 15 years plus uh, it's okay to go out and try to grow that money a little bit more because if the markets do get off to a bad start, uh, then that money has time to recover. And so that's just one approach. Greg, what's another approach that we can take to helping those throughout this phase of life? Yeah, the four percent rule was was the paper was published decades ago. Uh, I believe was it the nineteen nineties, Nate? I believe yeah, it was in the nineties. In the nineteen nineties, uh, just uh, just a fixed rate. There, there are much more advanced ways to take distributions in terms of percentages, and rather than a static four percent or three and a half percent or whatever you happen to pick. There are papers now published that have been, you know, widely viewed by other professionals and peers, and they work out. And they propose a dynamic distribution rate. So, how do you go about doing that? And just assume that all this math has been done by these really smart people that wrote the papers, right? So, what they say is, if you have various portfolios, different allocations between stocks and bonds, and and you pick your portfolio. Let's say it's 80% stocks and 20% bonds, just to keep it simple. Well, 
what the system will show is what the initial distribution rate could can be. And they give you three different choices. Do you want a 99% chance of never running out of money? Do you want a 95% chance of never running out of money or a 90% chance of never running out of money? Once you choose one of those three, so you have your portfolio and you have those three choices, you then choose that one. And the, the system will show you exactly what that initial withdrawal rate should be. Okay. Then there are income guardrails wrapped around that. So if you have a million dollars and let's say that starting rate is three and a half percent based upon the table and you're at 99% probability of success, then you, you know exactly how much money you can take out. Okay. The guardrails are what are the portfolio values on the high end and on the low end that would cause you to have to change your distribution rate. Okay. So if the portfolio hits the upper guardrail and the guardrails are defined by percentages above and below your distribution rate. Okay. If you hit that upper, if you stay within the two guardrails, you are, you are permitted to continue to take that same level of income with a very, very high level of confidence. And you also can get, assuming the market is up in any given year, the rule states that you can get an inflationary uh, increase. What happens when you hit one of the bumpers, one of the guardrails? So the upper guardrail is what we call the prosperity guardrail. You hit that upper guardrail, that gives you the permission to then take a larger percentage of your portfolio and thus the opportunity to increase your lifestyle. If you hit the lower guardrail, it's the opposite. It's time to tighten the belt, take less, maybe get a little part-time job, and, and there's some other planning techniques there. But the nice part is that over over your retirement, you know, clients come in and say, um, am I within the guardrails? Yes or no. Okay. Then I'm at 95% or 99%, whatever we started with. And I'm good. I don't have to worry about anything. Instead of instead of worrying about is the 4% actually going to work or is the taking the constant 50,000 going to work? This is dynamic that gives you a high level of confidence that your distribution rate is never going to cause you to run out of money. There's one other thing that's important about this. We promote the extraordinary retirement. Okay. And you know, the twin, the twin defeats that we fight against are dying with too much money and not spending it. And the other one is dying with or running out of money before you run out of life. These guardrails prevent both of those bad outcomes because we're constantly adjusting so that we never run out of money. And if we're doing well, we're able to spend more. Okay. So it's almost like, well, some would say like the buckets. like Well, the buckets, th those are two separate financial planning yeah. techniques. The buckets are where you, where you break up the different time segments frames, of time. segments yep. of time with different amounts of money and in, in different investment uh, risk strategies. Uh, this one is you're, you're taking a, just a percentage off of the entire amount, but that percentage is dynamic rather than static. A lot of times, Wendy, we use these in conjunction with each other. And, and some of that's depending on the client's income preferences. So some clients just really gravitate to the idea of, you know what? I like the bucket strategy or the time segmentation approach. And yeah, if I know the first three years of, of my income need are taken care of, maybe even in cash, 
uh, and I kind of eliminate that scenario of getting off to a bad start. That makes me feel good. Uh, but we don't do that forever. So we might transition then eventually once we get in through those first few years of retirement into a guardrail type system. Others say, you know what, I don't, I don't really worry about the bucket approach and uh, having that much cash on the sidelines for the first few years. But what I would like is, is some guardrails, um, you know, to make sure that I stay on the road that I never go off the cliff. Uh, and it's just kind of our, our a way of creating a system around taking income so that you can have confidence every single year that you're taking the right amount of income. But if you ever get out of bounds and you're getting to a point to where it's going to cause a long-term problem, then we're going to be, we're, we're going to be essentially notified through the system that we all know, okay, we hit that guardrail we need to have a conversation about, can we tighten the belt a little bit to bring us back in bounds? And that's a conversation that most people are very comfortable having and understanding, okay, here's the, the limitations that I have. But the opposite is true too, like Greg said, is, is that we want that prosperity guardrail because there's going to be years to where, okay, here's the time to where you can do more. You can actually increase spending, et cetera, because we're not spending enough. And so it really kind of puts them in the sweet spot for the rest of their life. So, so Nate, all- and Wendy, think of, think of this, somebody that doesn't have an idea of some of the things that we just spoke about and they retire and they have, let's just say they have social security and they need to pull, I don't know, in order to meet their living expenses, they need to pull $50,000 a year from their portfolio and they just start doing it. That they probably don't even know the percentage of what they're pooling. They're not tracking whether the percentage is going up or down. Uh, they don't really understand the concept of, of of investment losses early on in retirement. It's it's a, I mean, I feel, I feel for those people because it's got to be a very it's got to be a frightening thing to have no visibility over what you can and can't do. And by default, humans are going to go conservative with that. Right. Because yeah, the bigger you, fear of the bigger fear, people don't fear of dying with too much money. The number one fear they have, besides public speaking, probably is is dying, you know, dying before uh, their, their money being gone before they die. You know, having to ask the question, well, which of our kids has the nicest basement? You know, you don't want to be into that situation. <laughs> so Especially if you don't have kids. <laughs> well, if you don't have yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. The, People will then act out of fear and be very, very conservative and and most likely live a sacrificial life because they don't have a proven statistical system that's going to keep them in bounds. Yeah, you're really just putting a lot to chance there. Uh, and, you know, but some of those people will end up being fine. Others, they they won't. But here's the thing. You really generally don't find out if you're right or wrong until it's too late to do something about it when you just kind of use hope as a strategy when it, uh, when it comes to that, because we have no control over the markets. But, you know, what we find is for those that have more of a systematic approach to understanding, okay, here's exactly how we're going to take income. They have a lot more confidence to then go out and live the life that they want to live. And again, our job as planners is not to introduce more stress in your life. It's to create less stress so that you can focus on living more. Even Greg, and he doesn't it's stress. There, there are those moments, right? Uh, and we all love him for it. But yeah, uh, yes, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the whole point here is, is that um, there is a way to have a very methodical approach to taking income. 
because we have to address one of the greatest risks that retirees are going to face. And that is, did you get off to a good start or a bad start? And let's not leave that to chance. And we absolutely know that there are several different approaches that you can take and sometimes in conjunction with each other to make sure that you're always going to stay in bounds. You're always going to be able to have the income that you need within certain guidelines uh, so that you have confidence that, okay, I'm not going to be the person that ends up running out of money before I run out of life. But I also don't want to be the person that was afraid to spend some of my money and maximize lifetime fulfillment, which is what it's all about. Yeah. And and these are the financial planning. This, we just named two financial planning techniques to ensure that the distribution rate that you're taking maximizes lifetime fulfillment and also gives you a high probability of not running out of money. But there are other uh, investment management techniques as well. So if you are a market-based investor, and we define that as someone that buys and holds stocks and bonds over long periods of time, and there's a lot of good evidence that that's a good thing to do, that is a during retirement and during this uh, sequence of return risk situation, that's very, very dangerous. When adding risk-managed investments, the portfolios will go down theoretically, but hopefully not as much as the market does. And that can also be a bit of a buffer against this sequence of return problem. So it's like most things in life. You need a plan and you need a system. Yes. Well put. Absolutely. Okay. Don't leave things to chance when there's plenty of ways to get your financial plan dialed in to manage risk in, in various different ways. So again, that, that translates into confidence and being and, excited and, about what you're retiring to um, instead of fearful. And Wendy, when you say, and you're, you're right, when you say that you need to have a plan, a plan is not a one-time static plan, right? Because that plan will go off track, I promise you, at some point. And the question is, what are the pieces, what are the financial levers you can pull to get that plan back? And so we always say that plans are living, dynamic documents that need to be monitored over time in order to... to to live that best retirement, that extraordinary retirement. Assess and reassess the best Correct. time Correct. to uh, plan something for going wrong is when it's actually going right. So then you will have everything in place to kind of reel yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. Man, man plans. What is it? Man plans. God laughs. Is that the, the yeah, quote man is? plans? God I laughs. I think that was, but... I think that was Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. And then so... Mike Tyson has a quote that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Because <laughs> everybody would go in and say, here's how I'm going to fight Mike Tyson. They had a perfect plan. And then he'd hit him in the face and their plan went right out the window. Yeah. So but we have these conversations with our clients because we do say it's not if things go awry or not as planned, it's when. Mm -hmm. um, but understanding, okay, what are you going to do about it? What are the different things that we already have in place that deal with that scenario? And what are some other things that we might be able to utilize at that point in time to get you back on track? Um, and that's the whole idea here is, is that when, when we've already had that conversation and, and life events happen, um, while it's still a, a shock maybe or a surprise, it is not like I've never even thought about this before. Uh, it's no, we've had conversations about this particular scenario and what we would potentially do about it. And then we start pulling the correct financial levers to, you know, help them transition through that stage of life 
and stay on a successful path. And this is, this is, um, Nate and I spend time with, with clients trying to figure out their income preference. So somebody that, that, that this whole distribution stuff to cover my, my, my discretionary expenses makes me really, really, really nervous. And therefore I want to have even more guaranteed income so that I don't even have to worry about Maybe someone wants to have enough rely. I shouldn't say guarantee, but reliable income from sources. Like we mentioned earlier, you know, annuities and pensions and social security and part-time work and rental properties and all that kind of stuff, bond ladders. I want to cover all of my expenses. And then maybe just the the additional stuff is for inflation over time or something like that. Other people might say, I'm fine taking distributions because that's going to give me an opportunity to, for my portfolio to grow faster than somebody that wants all of these reliable sources of income. So it's important for us to put together a plan that is comfortable for the client and the reason that's important that it's comfortable is that they're going to stay with the plan over the long run and not panic. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. So if somebody has questions or wants to get in touch with you guys, how do they go about doing that? They could give us a call at the office at 720-833-7676 or go to our website, designwealthadvisors.com. Our podcasts are archived on there and our class schedules are on there. A lot of good information uh, for them to visit there as well. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank and you, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Did Thanks. we answer your questions, Wendy? You were a little nervous about I was nervous, in. but yeah, you, you've set we, my mind at ease. We checked the boxes. Good. Yes. Good. Yes. I knew you would. You were just taking a really long time to get there. And I'm like, come <laughs> on, stop making me feel nervous about my money. Uh <laughs> So thank you again. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Extraordinary Retirement Podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.designwealthadvisors.com or give us a call at 720-833-7676. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Design Wealth Advisors. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Design Wealth Advisors or RFG Advisory, or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Design Wealth Advisors and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.